The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. And open house with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba Remax Metro East Side, and I'm Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Welcome, everyone. Yes, happy this afternoon on a sunny Tuesday. Finally, got a nice sunny Tuesday, yes. and here to talk about real estate and finance like we do mm-hmm. every Tuesday related. at three o'clock. That's right. And just a reminder: this is a live call-in show, so if you have questions for us or our guests, you can reach us toll-free at eight six six seven one two thirteen hundred. You can also tweet us at Team Reba mm-hmm. or at Eric is my banker. That's yes. E R I C. Yeah, we're live online right now while we're live on air. There you go. I've never multitasked so hard. Eh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I've seen some pretty <laughs> furious multitasking going on. Okay, so you're uh, saying that you. in a positive way. I thought you were yeah. going to give me some. Fortunately, you're not driving right content. now, though, while you're doing it. So I'm happy about that. Yes, let's not talk about my driving habits. No, good point. As we said, yeah. I was very impressed with the people in Thailand. Because there's some pretty, you know, weavy drivers and mm-hmm. uh, not a single texter in sight unless they were pulled off to the side of the road. Well, there you go. Gotta that's love them. really, really good. I know, right? Yeah. You have to pay 100% attention. That's right. When that's going on. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Can't say that always happens here. Yeah. No, that's but, right. That's you right. <laughs> okay. You don't want things jumping out at you. No, I, sure. I could do without things jumping out at me. But, um, well, let me ask you. Yeah. Are things jumping out in rates? Yes. Oh, they yeah. are. We've what got, are we seeing? We've got some. We've got some volatility going on. It's not been a good month uh, for for interest rates. There is definitely some upward pressure on rates. Okay. And uh, and today was one of those uh, unique. Actually, yesterday and today, one of those unique situations where the stock market was down and rates were up. Usually. Mm-hmm. If the stock market's rising, rates will rise right along with it. This time around, stock market is down, rates rising as well. And the reason is that the bond markets have finally sort of opened their eyes to the prospect that we really do have an economy that is picking up some serious steam. It's moving along quite strongly. Uh, that opens up the prospect of future inflation. And inflation is what causes uh, mortgage rates to rise. So we're, we're, we're definitely seeing that, that trend happening right now. There is always the possibility we could see a little bit of a correction of, of interest rates. Uh, but as it stands right now, um, you know, there's some fairly, you know, fairly strong upward pressure on rates. And the biggest okay. thing is, is we're seeing it. When you not, say strong, is it like not shocking crazy. to No, 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 not, not, not shocking, but, okay. um, but, but, you know, if, 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 uh, if you were trying to debate, do I want to refinance my home now mm-hmm. or wait, or do I want to buy my home now or wait? Mm-hmm. Um, the, do I want to lock in right do now? Do I want to lock in my rate now or wait? Really, mm-hmm. it would be better to do that sooner uh, rather than later because most- How about don't wait? Don't wait. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. The or uh, wait doesn't sound like that, a great option right. at the moment. And, and especially for first time home buyers. Um, you know, because right. one of the, the, the shining stars in, in our economy right now 
is is that um, when we look at the homeownership rates, mm-hmm. uh, you know, traditionally it's it's been been uh, homeowners that are anywhere from fifty five to sixty four years of age, and they they have a homeownership rate which is up around uh, over seventy percent. I think it's it was like seventy five percent. Yeah, um, millennials, folks under the age of thirty five, have been pretty slow to to pick up on that right now. Well, because um, they have so much student debt, many of them. A lot of it. And yeah. uh, or fear, they've seen. They saw some some family yeah, or friends they, go through, they the, the, through the big the recession, recession as mm-hmm. watching their parents. Right. So their percentage though is is up a, a little bit over one point three percent over the last you know couple months here, year over year, mm-hmm. uh, up to thirty six percent now. Homeowners, uh, millennials own homes. Only thirty six. Only thirty six percent. Yeah. So it's well, but you know it's better what? than okay. it was. It's better okay, than it but, was. You know, it does it does take time and people do also I mean, honestly, I think a lot of folks that are in the millennial age group, um, many of them are getting to their pinnacle work years and earnings they are. much later than we used to have as well. Correct. So I think there's there's an adjustment as we see uh generational shifts mm-hmm. and, and kind of their focuses. You know, is that a word? Focuses their focus. Okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sounds a little too gross, like something else. Um, but <laughs> but you know, I think we're just seeing this natural progression, and I, you know, they'll probably all start hitting their home ownership years in their right. mid to late thirties. Uh, versus a lot of my friends. I mean, I bought later, my first house when I was like twenty eight mm-hmm. years old. Right. Where every most yeah. of the people who work for me right now who are all in their thirties. Haven't Most bought of them yet. haven't purchased Heck, I a know, home I yet. Think I was twenty three. Yeah, yeah. So it, it happens. Yeah, it's, it's happening later. But yeah. but that also puts. Um, uh, I, I don't want to say a sense of urgency, but maybe I should on on moving sooner rather than later because affordability is one of the biggest factors that's holding millennials back right now. Yeah, well, particularly in our market. Area, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, if any any of the coasts, mm-hmm. and so if if you if you look at a, a rising rate environment, that's that's going to have a damper on affordability. So the lower those rates are, you know, the, the better for, you know, for everyone, but especially mm-hmm. our first-time buyers out there. And uh, and that's definitely going to be a, a bigger and bigger factor. We sure don't see how prices, you know, going down locally here, do we, Reva? No. Yeah. No, we will not. Um, as uh, our listeners probably recall from last week when I had my massive coughing fit and you, re- <laughs> you read my stat reports, um, you know, in December and end of 2017, you know, affordability got worse because mm-hmm. our inventory continued to go down. That's right. Right. So we were 19% lower inventory from December over December as of 2017. And so that's that 20%. I mean, that's, that's a ton. It's big. Right. Big and number. we didn't even have great inventory to begin with. So, you know, for, for people who haven't been paying attention, we have been in this market since April of 2012. Mm-hmm. You know, growing on average eight to fourteen percent a year appreciation, depending if you're in a micro market that's really you know going going nuts like Bellevue. Well, nine eight zero zero four in particular. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. not even all areas of Bellevue. Nine eight zero zero four in particular has seen you know twenty percent growth multiple years in a row now. Mm-hmm. And in fact, new construction has gone from starting at two million now to it's now three and a half, four and a half million for a new construction home in that zip code. Yep. So you know, it's everything is shifting, and uh, you know, we're we're trying to find enough inventory for the people who are out there. In fact, I was just talking about this in my team, um, like Marissa on our team. You know, we've been doing our first time home buyer classes, and she's got a lot of different people that she's working with right now, and she's doing a great job of you know meeting all their needs. 
But the question is, can we find the inventory for them? Now, we mm-hmm. had a record number of sales for us in 2017. Mm-hmm. And you know, we have four closings this, this month. And that's because we try and get really creative and we're also really fast to you know, get out to a place. Right. And, and honestly, if you can't react quickly... You're you're just going to miss out, right? And, you're totally going to miss that's, out. That's not a sales pitch. I mean, no, it really that's, happens. It that's happens what's all going the time. on. Like when we teach yeah. our home buyer classes, we have to talk about the strategies because mm-hmm. the only way you're going to get there is if you are able to understand the market quickly, react, get out, do you know all of your just you know uh, whether it's a pre inspection, your disclosure reviews, all of that, get as much done as possible, and come up with your strategy. And you have to have that even in That's advance right. before you even go look at stuff. You got to mm-hmm. know what you got to be able to do to make that happen. I was on the phone this morning with a, a, a listing agent, a real estate agent who is um, has a, a condo on the market. Mark mm-hmm. condo's been on the market for about four days, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, the agent called me and said, "All right, one of your your client your customers is is mm-hmm. presented an offer. Tell me about them." You know, how far along are we in the approval process? Has their loan been fully underwritten? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me anything else about this person? Uh, and I'm like, so we, we had a good conversation because oh, our yeah. customer was prepared and ready, fully underwritten. They'd gone through this mm-hmm. whole process. And uh, and so we, I think hopefully we, we look pretty good, you know, on that. I said, how many offers do you have? And she says, well, we're, we're up to seven. And, yep. uh, you know, so we've got seven people competing for that same home. You know, six people are going to be, disappointed tonight mm-hmm. and hopefully our customers not one of them uh, but that's really been a, a significant change so uh, so being prepared affordability you know got to move fast so here is the rundown on on, on rates right now though uh, okay. these are national averages so you will see variations uh, from lender to lender and you will see personal variations depending on how much you put down and your credit score the type of loan program that you're taking out uh, but a conventional conforming 30-year fixed-rate loan today is averaging 4.35%. You know, firmly 4. up. 4.35? Is that what you said? 4.35. Wow. We were, we were under 4%. Yes, we were, like a couple uh, weeks ago. Well, a few weeks ago. So, yeah, yeah just okay, sort sorry, of end of, end of 2017. Time. Yeah. 15-year yeah. um, <laughs> fixed. So we're up about three-eighths of a percent, you know, in the last, last month or so. 15-year fixed-rate is averaging 3.71%. FHA and VA uh, loans averaging 4.10%. Uh, jumbo 30-year fixed-rate loans are also up in that 4.35% range. And if you're interested in a shorter-term loan, a uh, a seven-year adjustable rate loan hovering around 3.75. Okay. And a five-year hovering around 3.36%. Oh, percent. okay. So we will start seeing mm-hmm. our customers looking at... Yeah. For the adjustable rate loans yeah. be where they haven't for the last decade. Let's right. Be yeah. Honest. We'll be talking a lot about mm-hmm. what's your hold period. Right. What are your plans? We so, just we just did that in a training with my team mm-hmm. last week. Um, yeah. You know, talking about working with buyers. Like you got to understand because the affordability is such a critical issue. And, and as you know, we have another class coming up. Right. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about it again. That's right? right. That's right. And 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 you know, we maybe we should do a show on um, on adjustable rate. Mortgages because yeah. there's 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 good there's bad and there's ugly yes and it's Let's important to sort ugly. of know what the nuances are for those and and for some folks they're absolutely the right the right thing to do right. for other ones but they, you got to know what you're doing you when you get really into really them. do and have to know the yeah. the risks you know versus right. the rewards well let's at least mention well we'll do a we'll yeah. do a show on that Let's but do. we have a class Don't February twenty first. 
21st or 24th? It's a Saturday. Excuse me, February 20. Ah, where's my calendar? I'm pretty sure it's I'm the 24th. Just pulling up my calendar here. Let's just make make yeah. absolutely positive. Whichever one of those sure. is a Saturday. February 24th. Oh, look at that. I'm Saturday right again. the 24th. You are. Imagine <laughs> that. Well, nobody would tell you show. otherwise, even if you weren't. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so this is actually the official first time homebuyer class mm-hmm. uh, sanctioned by the Washington State Housing Finance Commission. Correct. Reba and I have been volunteering for the for the commission for years and years and Oodles years. Of time. I think I just hit 21 years. Uh, with them. So uh, volunteering oh, for the commission. Okay. So kind of fun. Anyway, but uh, Saturday, the 24th of February mm-hmm. at the Youngstown Cultural Arts Center in West Seattle, yep. right From there on Delridge Avenue. 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's a free class. We bring mm-hmm. you lunch. Yep. But space is limited. Yes. And when we come back, let's um, let's talk about how you can register for that class. But and give then you a little we're going to get to our guests. On that. And then we're going to get to our guests. Say woohoo! And our show is going to the dogs. Yeah. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. <laughs> Open house with Team Reba. If you'd like to call into the show, now's your chance. It's 866-712-1300. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. And every Tuesday at 3 o'clock, we bring information on real estate and finance. And, you know, our show is not kind of the schmoozy, you know, look at us, look at us kind of a show. Uh, no, most you know, of the time I'm like, please don't look at me. Right, right, right. I you definitely know, don't <laughs> want them looking at you. I mean, well, I, I mean, you know, like I, rudely staring. I, <laughs> Just kidding. I'm I hear what kidding. you're saying. Just kidding. Yeah. Well... <laughs> But but no, we. I've we, known him fifteen years. Yeah, like we're like it, brother and it's, sister. It's almost yeah, we as bicker good. like uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, uh, but but no, we always try and bring you information that's going to be helpful and useful for you and and of interest in our in our area. And it's not just, you know, we do this or we do that. And so mm-hmm. we, we hope that uh, you always find our show informative and worth your while. Yeah. And if you have questions, too, please give us a call. We are live at 866-712-1300. Yeah. So, you know what? We should also make sure and be mentioning mm-hmm. for those listeners who have gotten accustomed to hearing us on this station. Yeah. We're going we're to moving. moving. We aren't, like, just doing houses. Apparently, our station is moving, or at least the antenna is. So they're moving our show. So we're going to be transferring over to AM 1590, The Mm -hmm. Answer, Mm -hmm. and uh, our time starting in early March, I believe it's March 3rd, uh, we will transition over to 2 to 3 p.m. on Saturdays. But Mm -hmm. in the meantime, we're getting play on both AM 1300 and the AM 1590 stations through February. So pretty excited about that. That's right. And 1590 is uh, also a strong, stronger signal and... Yeah, we like that because actually moving up in life. Yeah, well, because some of our listeners who try and listen to us in Seattle, in fact, actually, um, you know, the the antenna doesn't necessarily reach super well into the Seattle marketplace Mm -hmm. or Bellevue, and so we're actually going to have a stronger antenna that will allow us to have more coverage in those cities. So we're pretty excited about that. That's right. So we'll be joining the ranks Mm -hmm. of Hugh Hewitt and Dennis Mm -hmm. Prager and Dave Ramsey and and Larry Elder. So lots of good stuff. Yeah, a lot of good stuff on that show. So looking forward to that. Yes. So before we went into the break, we were talking about the fact we have our upcoming class on February 24th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. for the first time homebuyers. Sign up for that. Right. Is going to be, you can either send an email to info at teamreba.com. Mm-hmm. You can also go to teamreba.com and there's a section for classes where you can sign up there. 
those those are probably the two preferred methods. I I personally like the email info sure. at teamreba.com because then we have our whole team monitoring that email address. And so someone can get back to you right away. And basically the information we need is how many people, your names, a phone number and email for each. And then we make sure that we put you on the reminder notices and send you other additional information about where to park, what to expect, that kind of thing. That's right. And once you take this first time home buyer class, uh, you it, it enables you to be eligible for special down payment assistance mm-hmm. programs. So there's zero down programs, and uh, you know oftentimes grant mm-hmm. programs. We talk about some special ones that uh, nobody even knows about. So it's, it's really, really fun. We, we make it very special. Yes. Uh, but but you'll walk away from from that class with with some really really good tools on not only what options are available from mm-hmm. a financing standpoint, but also how this whole real estate process works. And yes. we kind of try and take the mystery out of and it. And strategies. Strategies for winning bidding wars, which is huge right or now. Or finding inventory when it's difficult to find. That's and, right. And we talk a lot about you know troubleshooting because. You can find a decent property even if you have to negotiate certain things. People forget there's still some element of negotiation available, and you have to be able to know how to interview agents correctly to know if they're going to be the right fit. Because like we've mentioned on the show before, when we have a busy market like this with fast appreciating homes and everyone thinks they can make a million bucks in real estate Mm – what people don't see on the other side is that 200 to 250 new agents a month come into the industry. And basically, you have a lot of people who don't know what they're doing and have had absolutely no background at all in the process themselves. In fact, many of them have never bought a home themselves. And so you've got one newbie trying to help another newbie doesn't make for success in most cases. It Absolutely doesn't, and it's and knowledge. A, and of, listing agents will check. Of course, we will check. Oh, of course, I've seen some some scary, scary things happen when we have inexperienced either agents or loan officers, for that matter, involved. And uh, and you can see a perfectly fine transaction derail. Oh yeah, with a few words written oh, yeah. correctly. People get emotional, and that's mm-hmm. something that you just can't bring into this type of a transaction. The, the larger the dollar size of any kind of sale, I mean, think about when you buy a car. People get super uptight about having to deal in that negotiation. Amplify that by. A hundred times, right? <laughs> when you go into happens. a home, well, because <laughs> now true. you're not you're not just like dealing with what's my ride. It's what is my life, mm-hmm. and is this going to impact me for many more years to come? Because at least a vehicle, if you had to turn around and sell it in a year or two, right? You know, you probably get the majority right. of your funds back, and it wouldn't be as big a financial hit. But you can't always count on that in real well, estate. Well, let's throw some more stressors so, on there too. I'm moving. I am to, get, I'm oh, to yeah. take vacation. I've got a moving van. I've just given notice to my landlord. I just wrote a Not really, really huge check for earnest money. Oh, there's there's those things. But then the thing that comes with the purchase or sale is a life transition. Sure. It's not just that you're transitioning. Absolutely. But there's something that is emotionally impacting you because mm-hmm. moving is one of the number one stressors of anybody's life. It is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's probably why we don't all do it all the time. Yeah. No, but not super fun. Anyhow. But well, I want to talk about other kinds of little critters trying to find homes. Right. You know, it's one thing about us two-legged creatures. You're talking about our furry homeless problem. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We want to solve the furry homeless problem. Well, I'm sure, um, please, we have uh, with us today Jenna Pringle Huerta. 
uh, and uh, Amanda Anderson with the Seattle Humane Society. Welcome, you guys. Yes, thank you for having here. us. Yeah. So hold on, you said Seattle Humane Society, and I noted earlier when each of the ladies was presenting themselves and introducing. Did they drop what? Did they drop society from the name? We did, yeah. What, what oh. was the whole thing? Because I keep stumbling over that all the time. What happened? So when we decided to build our new shelter, which mm-hmm. we're going to tell you about, um, we did a rebrand project and we did a big um, study about okay. how old the word society was, and so we dropped it mm. to be just simply Seattle Humane. Um, okay. But the also huge indicator is also a lot of people don't realize that each um, humane society is independent. Oh, and right. So it's yeah. just like the term bank. That's what humane uh, society is. And so okay. we're also kind of setting ourselves apart from that so people understand that we're gotcha. our own organization. Okay. All right. Got it. So why don't each of you um, tell our listeners who you are and what your position is at the Seattle Humane? You want to start? Sure. Okay. So, my name is Amanda. I'm your public relations specialist. I bring furry critters on our local news stations every week to help them find homes, manage our fun social media channels. As Jenna put it earlier, your daily dose of adorable. So be sure to follow us there. You can learn about all of the pets that we have available for adoption and events that we have going on. Uh, It's super fun. Excellent. All right. And uh, Jenna? Yes, I'm the marketing communications manager. So basically anything with a word or an image comes across my desk. And we work a lot um, to strategize marketing-wise to get the word out about pet adoption, about all the programs um, and services that we offer to the public. Okay, well, I want to let our listeners know one of the reasons that I have uh, these lovely ladies on the show with us today is I've been a long time, I was telling them I'm a long time supporter of Seattle Humane. And one of my favorite animals I've had ever in my life was my cat, Maury, who I adopted him when he was eight years old, and he was from Seattle Humane, and he, he lived a wonderful long life to the ripe age of 24. I mean, the joke was my cat should have a college degree and be married with kids by now, you know. We're but impressed. Yes, he, he was, yeah, he broke, like, longevity records at uh, my vet. And, in fact, actually when he finally, his health failed him at the end, my vet at um, Green Lake Animal Hospital, like, made special circumstances for me to be there. And I was oh, just like, sweet. I'm going to get all choked up even thinking about oh. it. But he was just, like, the most special animal. And as I was telling these ladies, too, when he turned 24, I had a birthday party. And 30 people came to my home <laughs> to celebrate the life of this cat, which was pretty dang awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. yeah. But I've been a longtime supporter. And um, anyone who follows Team Reba and myself on Facebook sees that we do fundraising efforts for you guys all the time. So um, me and uh, Jennifer Miyamoto in my group and her husband, uh, Kai, um, they, along with my husband and I, we did the uh, Glow in the Park event with you guys this fall, which was a lot of fun. It was interesting that you guys shifted it from day to evening, but that made the whole glow part totally fun. Right. You know, seeing all these people <laughs> walking their dogs with glow sticks and necklaces and whatnot. Um, and then you just recently had the you know, unveiling of the brand new facility. So when I got Maury, it was the little low-slung building, and it was yep. some separate stuff, and it was cramped and all that. I went to the grand opening. It was amazing. Why don't you tell our listeners, like, what, what, what's happened over there? Sure. So you're referencing our old facility, which was literally retrofitted 
to the max. It was mm-hmm. originally just a small vet clinic that we moved into in the 70s. Um, so that is why we're Seattle Humane over in Bellevue. I, I wonder. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because we originated in Seattle. So okay. where the Seattle mm-hmm. Animal Shelter is now mm-hmm. um, oh, right. is where okay. we started. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we've been around since 1872. We have some really cool oh photos wow. of our um, original facility. How cool is that? I didn't know that. Right. So we have this huge history here in the Northwest. And um, we decided to create another milestone by um, making a 57,000 square foot shelter. And the other part of that is our veterinary hospital. Right. Okay. So were you able to tour the veterinary I got, hospital? I got the whole tour and it was so impressive. And I love the integration with WSU and the vet students that are coming in. Is that, that's yeah who's coming in yeah, right? we partner with them yeah i mean there was some some tremendous and then there's like learning centers and you have great new facilities where people can um, get out and do interactions like the the dog runs where right. people can actually have individual time running around with the dogs outside and it's not yep. fully outside like you're covered right in in some of that um and then mm-hmm. part of it is outdoor um because they had the individual you know i almost thought of them like um bowling lanes <laughs> right <laughs> That's a good way to describe you know. it. <laughs> and then you had like a, a bigger area where they could go out and play together and socialize and people could interact with them there. And I just, I loved, loved, loved what you had integrated into this building. And then um, just even like the learning areas and, and what have you. But I, I don't know if the, some of them were set up for just that day or if it was just for the event, you know, itself or if it's going to be ongoing. But um, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to get through all of that before we have to go into another break. I do want to say, listeners, if you do want to call in and you have any questions to for these ladies, 866-712-1300 is going to be the number. But um, so, so tell me, are most of those rooms for that day or or are they set up well, for that permanently? Yeah, during the grand opening, the public was able to go behind the scenes. Um, but for the dogs, yeah, definitely all those spaces are available for the public. Okay. Well, gonna, it, yeah, we'll be right back in a few minutes. Uh, take your dog outside, bring him back in. By the time you get back, we'll be ready to get started again. More Open House with Team Reba. Got a question? Call it in. 866-712-1300. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. <laughs> I'm Eric Osnos from Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. And I'm just smiling like crazy right now because I'm so excited about our guests who well, are here with us It's a sunny day here. And we well, have... it's not even about being sunny. It's Absolutely. sunny in the room. I like it. Well, we have, we have Jen and Amanda with us with this, from Seattle Humane. So I dropped the society there. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> so Thank Seattle you. Humane located in... Bellevue. Bellevue. Yes. Makes a lot of sense to me. Oh, yeah. So, no, I, it's, uh, it's awesome. We were kind of talking over the break a little bit. So, so your, your, your brand new facility, it's state of the art. Tell us uh, a little bit more about that. And then also just sort of your first couple of weeks of operation, the new building. I guess you had a lot of excitement over there. Sure. Yeah. So our, our new facility is 50, 57,000 square feet. So if you happen to visit wow. us before we began construction, mm-hmm. you really understand yeah. what that means. Mm-hmm. Yes. That building where we, where we were before was about ready to tip over. So yeah. we're, we're so thankful to be in the beautiful state-of-the-art facility. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's been wonderful to be able to help um, local 
organizations that might not have the space or resources to mm-hmm. care for the volume of animals that are coming through their doors. So we're able to to lend a hand and, and help them out as well. Very cool. Excellent. So how many animals do you have in your facility? Well, <laughs> it depends on the day, yeah. um, but anywhere from 250 to 350 and several animals out in our community too. So in fo- volunteer foster families, and um, that's a huge part of our strategy. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yes. So you, you've kind of got this hub and spoke sort of thing going then. So you have foster right. families to help. Right. Excellent. And so the shelter itself has about 25% um, more space for more animals, which okay. doesn't seem huge, yeah. but yeah. it's actually more focused on their length of, length of stay. So making it more comfortable for animals and for people so that animals are just getting adopted quicker. Got it. Got it. And right when you opened, the hurricanes hit. That's yes. right. So Big we were test. in our – that's right. We were in our new facility for about 10 days, and the hurricanes hit. So um, those affected areas were desperate to Mm. um, find resources to remove those animals um, affected by the storms into other facilities. So uh, with our new building, we had the space to to reach out and lend a hand. So we were receiving animals around the clock. Uh, We had a few flights come in um, as late as midnight, and our teams were just working tirelessly to to help out those rescue organizations and get those animals safe and into loving homes. Holy cow. Well, thank you for all the – I'm sure that was just heroic efforts at the time to to accommodate all of that. What what happens when you take an animal in? What sort of process does does the animal go through? Sure. So all of our animals are evaluated um, for any medical issues. They're spayed and neutered, vaccinated, microchipped prior to adoption. Mm-hmm. And all of our dogs receive uh, receive behavior evaluations prior okay. to being placed so that we can um, put them in their best fit, most optimal home. Yeah, I love how you guys describe the animals. So like when you're touring the facility and you it's it's kind of like dating sites, <laughs> right? you know, <laughs> where it's like, and Poco likes long walks with people with high energy and really loves this kind of kibble treat, you know, I mean, it was just adorable, but it also was very clear about what kind of household would be a good fit of, um, I'm trying to remember how you guys said this, but it was something about whether or not they would be good with young children right. or not. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's an important distinction because... There are numerous types of breeds of dogs. I mean, I've, I've been, um, so GRT Rescue was something that I also have done in the past. So I've had three different Jack Russells. And many people, because their only um, introduction to a JRT is what they've seen on a movie or a television show, which is absolutely not the way those animals behave in their regular state. <laughs> right. I'm, gonna just trans- <laughs> I'm just going to translate that for anyone listening. Right. JRT means Jack Russell Terrier. I said Terrier. Jack Russell Terrier. Did you? Oh, Rescue. I didn't hear did the Jack, Jack Russell, Russell part. Rescue? Okay. Yeah. Well, I thought yeah. you were going to say Terror. <laughs> well, I do yeah. call them well, terrorists. I used to call them my Jack Russell Terrorists. <laughs> uh, because, you know, they can jump like three feet high. Or higher, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So no, I used to have one of them, Russell, who used to jump, and he could grab a loaf of bread off the kitchen counter. <laughs> well, sure. And, yeah, that you dog know, was so food-focused. It was crazy. Right. Yeah. You know, like, speaking to that, ultimately, our goal is to find, you know, these animals home but the mm-hmm. right home. So yes. our adoption advisors do such a wonderful job at doing the research about these pets to really try to understand their breed so that they can educate the families on what they might be dealing with. Because right. a lot of people might think, oh, I live in an apartment. A Jack Russell Terrier would be a great fit. Mm. But small. They're, they're no. so energetic and no. they require yeah. so much exercise. Oh, That's yeah. Right. And That's they can right. be quite the barkers, too. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So our adoption advisors, they, they just do such a wonderful job at helping families really understand what they're taking on. Oh, yeah. that's great. Uh, my my um, youngest son actually just recently adopted two cats from you, a brother and a sister. Yes. I think they're about a year old. Oh, great. And uh, But but he was over and going through the, that process, and he kept texting me questions like, <laughs> you know, how big's our house and how many rooms and what's the square footage and all this sort of stuff. So what, what's your Zodiac sign, Dad? No, he didn't really ask me that. But, uh, but no, they were very, very thorough uh, yes. you know, about all of that. Absolutely thorough. Yeah. Uh, my, my brother, when we toured the facility at your grand opening, uh, he was hoping to find a dog maybe that day and he didn't know whether he would connect with something, but he went ahead and filled out the paperwork and even just the cursory beginning, like he hadn't even gone through an interview, but even that beginning part was like, well, let's, uh, why are you hoping today? And you know, they started running through part of the process. And I, I know when I got mm-hmm. Maury all those years ago, we went through quite the, the deep screen to make sure that, that we'd be a good fit for him and that he wouldn't end up back at the shelter. Yeah, so I really appreciate that. It's a great process because so many people have the ideal pet in mind that they yeah. think would be best for their family. But it really helps people to shift their focus and really mm-hmm. evaluate their lifestyles and consider what animal might really be your best fit. Well, and see, that's how I have to do houses. You know, like I can't just sell someone a house if they're going to live there for years and you're on the other opposite side of that. If they're going to keep this animal for years, you got to make sure it's going to be the right fit. Right. Absolutely. You don't want to have to just be like, oh, I can't just return it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think you guys have a 90 day money back guarantee, do you? <laughs> but we do, take, <laughs> we do take them back. We do okay. actually require that if someone's oh, going to give up their pet, okay. that they give them that to they us. bring it right back. OK, yes. well, that's a good thing mm-hmm. to know, because maybe sometimes they missed a little something. But I think you do a pretty darn good job of of. Because what would be the percentage of people returning a pet? It's very low. Yeah, yeah. it really just depends. If some people just occasionally we do um, do trial runs mm-hmm. with oh, um, okay. certain families, uh, especially some of the more challenging pets, so they okay. can kind of see how they're uh, behaving in the house. Okay, that's well, that I can totally see the best way. Yeah, mm-hmm. but at least everyone knows up front, right? And you're discussing right. that mm-hmm. in the beginning part of it, so that's good. So, um, so with that facility, you mentioned also the partnership with WSU. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that? And like, what? Sure. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. So um, fourth year veterinary students with WSU, they actually get to come and do a 10-day rotation um, and learn surgery and actually do rotations to um, and work on behavioral issues, which um, okay. most people don't know that they don't get a ton of training in vet school um, on behavior issues. And so this is really great in shelter medicine mm-hmm. um, just to see the volume. But in turn, we also benefit a lot from it, too, because it's more hands-on the animals. Well, I can imagine vets. I used to want to be a vet. That, I mean, that was one of the things that why I'm so big into animal rescue and everything else. Um, and this is also why I really appreciate the fact that you guys are a no-kill shelter because the reason I didn't follow the path of being a vet was – so I grew up in the Midwest in Kansas. And my mom knew I wanted to be a vet. So she had me go to our local vet in the small rural town I grew up in and interview him about that. And, uh, and he was interviewing me too, to see whether or not I wanted to be a vet tech to start. And we had a conversation at one point where he said, okay, well, would you be okay putting down a perfectly healthy animal? And I went, what, what, why would I do that? And he just said, well, because sometimes that happens. I went, why, in what planet? We're like, when would that happen? Why would somebody do that? And he explained a family to me that lived in our town that he uh, he was probably one of the first pioneers of trying to become a no-kill kind of situation because 
he said there was a family in town that every year they thought it was great to get their kids a new puppy. But they didn't keep the other dog. And they didn't adopt it out. And so he became a de facto shelter for several years in a row until I guess because they felt that he was putting too much judgment on them for wanting to do this. Well, that sounds like a mental illness. Yeah. Well, I know. Yes. I, but you can imagine as a 13-year-old how horrified I mm-hmm. was sure. to hear this. I mean, I, for fun, used to read books on horse diseases, okay? Like, <laughs> that's how nerdy I was. <laughs> and I really wanted to get into this. So I was horrified. I went, maybe I don't want to go down this path. But it, but it was an eye-opening experience, which is also why I'm such a big supporter mm-hmm. of Seattle Humane, because sure. especially when they made that adjustment, you know, I mean, for our listeners, if you don't already know it, Seattle is famous for having more dogs than children mm-hmm. in town. <laughs> That's true. And we're the second highest in cats behind Portland. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Which, you know, keep Portland weird, right? That's uh, notable. <laughs> but we're not far off the mark. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, you know, I mean, for me, that's that's a big deal. That's a really, really big deal. But, yeah, the technical training that the vets have to go through, I can see where they don't necessarily get the behavioral training. Right. So it's great that you guys get the benefit of them bringing the technical skills in that they're working on. Because I will say during the tour, they probably don't let you guys do this all the time. But it is hilarious to look in that room and see a cat that's in, laid out for surgery <laughs> because they're on their back and their legs are stretched <laughs> and they're, like, kind of tied down. It's just the most hilarious looking scene and they're not conscious <laughs> no they're not no, conscious no no, no. <laughs> no 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 they're totally not but it's the most hilarious thing to look at <laughs> <laughs> when you're lucky enough to, to catch that yeah <laughs> see now if, if that were Live my cat action. i'd actually take a picture and i would remind the cat occasionally oh know, yeah remember this oh yeah totally. you, know, <laughs> you behave or you're going to be back there knock it off so get off the that's, that's right that's right well, that's oh, that's excellent. So, so you really do. You've got a state of the art facility. You've got you've got cutting edge, you know, mm-hmm. doctors in there, do. you know, helping with everything. That's yeah, that's fantastic. And I know that um, I know these cats that we just recently adopted. Uh, I know you you have this rigorous selection process. Apparently, that worked fairly well because. I believe they've decided that that we are okay and that they'll they'll stick around. At least that's my impression of it. Well, now that my dog's not over there chasing them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. There was a small scare. Yeah, yeah. Dog sitting for your dog for a few weeks. Yeah, um, rest yeah. is a chaser. Had those cats uh, fairly fairly well terrorized, but they're all past it now. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. yeah, it's all good. That, that's to, why your son comes to my house now instead. Yeah, of that's right. Over. That's right. Instead <laughs> of yeah, there. that's right. No, you can just stay over there, there Rusty. That's all. That's yeah. all good. Excellent, excellent. And uh, you have a big fundraiser that's going to be coming up here too, yes. don't you? Yeah, Texas and Tails is May twelfth at the Wait, Maiden Texas and Tails. Or tu- Texas and Tails. Texas and Tails. <laughs> Tuxedos and Tails. Okay. That's right. Encouraging everybody to dress dress in their dress up in their best and come okay. and support Seattle Humane. It's May. 12th at the Maiden Mauer Center in Bellevue. Well, let us talk a little bit more about that and how people can get signed up for it when we come back on Open House with Team Reba. If you have questions, 866-712-1300. We'll be right back. Open House has open phone lines. Give us a call at 866-712-1300. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. 
Welcome back, Open House of Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. And we're here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock to bring you information on real estate and finance and other cool things that we see going on in the local community. Yeah. We always like to highlight, you know, just some of the some of the excellent organizations that mm-hmm. that thrive in our community and and uh, today is no exception. We've got Jen and Amanda here from Seattle Humane uh, talking about their new facility and uh, adoption services and the upcoming event right. Texas and Tails. Texas and Tails. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about that. Texas and Tails is our biggest fundraiser of the year. It's a great opportunity where the community comes together for a night of uh, fancy dinner, cocktails, and fundraising on behalf of Pets in Need at Seattle Humane. So tickets go on sale for our event March 1st. So mark your calendars. And the event is May 12th at the Maidenbauer Center in Bellevue. Uh, We're currently accepting... Uh, donations for different uh, auction items and there will be more details about the event to come at texasandtails.org excellent and and what what could somebody expect if they show up for that we bring our bring bring their dogs or what That, that could <laughs> be, be hilarious. <laughs> it would be hilarious. <laughs> I think maybe if you had a, like a mini version of that, you might be able to make it pet friendly. There you go. We yeah. have a kitten cuddle booth and a and a really fun um, celebrity uh, runway show at the very end of the evening, where local news anchors mm-hmm. and we even had Michael Bennett from the Seahawks last year participate. They walk our adoptable pets on stage, and they are available for adoption that evening. Awesome! Oh, fun, fun, fun. So fun. I'm putting this on my Facebook page. You said it was Tuxes and Tails. Com. That's right. Texas, not Texas. Yes. And, <laughs> and, and is spelled out, right? Not an ampersand. That's is that right. right. Okay. I am putting it on here because I'm sending that reminder out to everybody about March 1st, they go on sale. Excellent. So Jenna Pringle Huerta and Amanda Anderson, if somebody wants to be involved with Seattle Humane, there are volunteer opportunities available, right? Yes. So we have like 3,000 volunteers and 100 staff. So every area of our shelter and our administration team um, is impacted by volunteer help. Mm. So um, if you're interested in working with animals or using your professional expertise to help in other ways, you can visit our website at seattlehumane.org and Mm -hmm. check out how to get started. We take RSVPs and do um, monthly orientations for new volunteers. Excellent. So that includes, uh, I imagine, volunteering at the facility itself. But then there's also, you have a foster program. Yes, so foster families. So this is a huge huge benefit to being um, a volunteer at Seattle Humane. And Mm -hmm. so you can actually volunteer from home by fostering a pet in need. Occasionally, um, pets just need a break from the shelter. Um, Some pets need recovery time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you get puppies or underage kittens who need to gain a few pounds before having their spay and neuter surgery and before Mm -hmm. finding their home. Um, The other benefit to that is... A lot of times you adopt your foster pet. I've seen that in a lot of the pictures that you guys are like, oh, congratulations. Or I'll see friends of mine who've done things like that. And they're just like, we're so excited. We get to keep this one. And I just, I love that. Well, because it's great bonding time. It is. Yes. I I think the only reason I haven't tried to sign up for foster is (laughs) every single friend of mine knows that my entire house would be filled with pets. (laughs) Because I I have a hard time saying no. (laughs) Well, the good thing about fostering, too, with us is that you know they're going to find a really good home. So you don't have to feel guilty or anything. And we do provide supplies Mm. and all the medical care and everything to get you started. So it's no expense of your own. So it's a great way way to start. Wow. Okay. 
That's Excellent. really good to know. I always thought there was maybe like a, a combined effort between the the foster families and that. So it's actually yeah, we'll set you up covered. everything. Yeah, that's really good to know because I th- I think there's probably been other people out there who've also been reluctant. Like, oh, I don't know, but it's a great way to kind of test it out. And I, you know, I would probably if I was fostering would end up still spending money <laughs> because I know there'd be like they need a special oh, place. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I would totally spoil this snot out of them. So. <laughs> But if you're like an avid traveler or um, you can't afford to have a pet or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, fostering is also a great option because you're helping pets and right. you know it's temporary. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. That's true. Mm-hmm. What's the typical length of stay for a, for a foster pet? Or does it just vary depending on the circumstances? It just varies. Sometimes it's literally mm-hmm. two days to mm-hmm. months just depending on um, why they're in foster. So can somebody sign up for that based on what they know their time commitment can yes, it's be? all catered to their okay. availability and their experience. Like we're obviously not going to send hard cases to somebody who's never had a pet, mm-hmm. right. um, and so it's definitely so hard catered. cases mean like uh, say a, uh, like a uh, an animal's been traumatized, you know, something like that. So yeah, it, does so that happen? Or maybe quite coming a bit? from like a puppy shelter or uh, mm-hmm. not shelter, a puppy but mill. a puppy, puppy mill, mill right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I would think that those are probably some hard cases. Yes, for yeah, because if they're from they puppy mill from an injury, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Or mm-hmm. if you want to experience um, bottle feeding a kitten, that's a tough mm-hmm. job. But even, oh, is it? But even a newbie can do it. You have to get up every two hours, just oh, like a wow. baby, to mm-hmm. feed them. Wow. Sure. sure. Okay. I won't be signing up for that one. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> this, even this though is, I love kittens, it's very rewarding. <laughs> yeah. And this is sort of off topic, but uh, I have sort of a theory about about animal shelter animals, and, and I think no, no, no. I think every no, great. Oh, okay. every animal that that I've ever had as a, you know, in, in my life has been an adopted mm-hmm. animal or, or found on the side of the road or, or, or something. And it just seems to me that, uh, with the exceptional one, I think. Right. Um, but it just seems to me that those animals just make the best pets. And I don't know if they're in their minds or whatever, if they're just appreciative of, of this new opportunity. I don't know. Are there any stats behind that? Or is that just sort of my gut gut feeling on it? <laughs> We do hear often that like pets are thankful, Um, but I think it's just because animals are amazing and you're bringing home an animal and you're sure to love them Mm -hmm. and they're definitely going to love you. Yeah. Well, you know, we do anthropomorphize. I mean, because my my pets at home, I'm constantly like, oh, they must feel this or oh, they're doing that. Oh, I know. What have you. But I, you know, I'm in agreement. I mean, almost all of my pets have, have been some form of shelter or, you know, one that's been feral that, you know, we took in even when I was a kid. And I do feel that there's this element, like I'm a huge proponent of, you know, adopt, don't shop because, you know, when you're, when you're doing the shopping, if you don't know the background of that animal, there's a strong likelihood that they've come from a not so fantastic starting point. Mm -hmm. Maybe the puppy's cute, but the, you know, the mother of that pet may not be in the best of conditions and you know i know that firsthand because my mom uh, raises bichons and has been doing that for years and she's always done a great job of keeping hers like pets and giving them you know great shelter and she's never overbred and done the other things that are part of that but she has brought in bichons that have come from shelters i remember one not shelters but from uh, puppy mills and i remember one of these um, breeding bitches that she brought in and it was yellow I mean, these dogs are supposed to be white, but it was so depressed and sad and it had been through such a hard time. It was literally, it had turned yellow. 
Mm. And, you know, you just knew that that poor animal was just in these not oh, sure. so great conditions. So, again, the work you guys do, like you, you, because uh, I know there's times where puppy mills get, you know, raided or found and, and a lot of those animals come to you guys. So you do tremendous work in both salvaging and saving animal life and then also just you know, for people who are struggling because they just can't keep a home, like maybe they, they got displaced in their own housing situation and the next place they go to doesn't allow that pet and it's a horrible, heart-wrenching choice to have to do that. The fact that you do such a great job of helping um, place that pet into yet another loving home that they can feel good about. It's kind of like I think of like open adoptions for kids right. nowadays. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like at least they know where they're going mm-hmm. and that it's a wonderful experience and, you know, things of that nature. So I'm just big, big fan. But so um, I know we're going to get to the end of our time again. So can you make sure and give us a couple more of those for anyone who's still writing it down or, or needs to get it down? You had a couple websites. So Seattle Humane is at? Um, SeattleHumane.org. Okay, .org. Don't put the society in there. And then for the upcoming fundraiser. Yep, so set a reminder for March 1st. That's TuxesAndTails.org. Okay, so March 1st for sales. And again, the event is if they want to put it on their calendar. May 12th, Saturday before Mother's Day. Good way to remind. Ah, there you go. Okay, (laughs) fantastic. Well, thank you. Is there, uh, should people also be able to reach out to you at all? Or is there like individual contacts or just go to the website for any of these things? Oh, then go to the website, definitely. And okay. if they're interested in um, learning about how they can promote pet adoption or any of opportunities at the shelter, um, they can reach out to uh, Amanda or I at okay. email addresses. And they'll be able to the find those on well. the website? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Fantastic. So once again, we've had uh, Jenna Pringle Huerta and Amanda Anderson from Seattle Humane with us this week. And we want to thank you so much for your time. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah. Look forward to seeing you guys again. I think we might make this an annual event. Yes. Thank you all for joining us again today. Hope the show is informative, worth your time. Join us every Tuesday at three o'clock for Open House with Team Reba. Have a great week, week, everyone. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at re slash Max Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Tuesday at 3 for more Open House with Team Reba here on Business Radio 1300 KKOL. program sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Home Street Bank Home Mortgage. Business.